listening to Saints Unscripted, formerly known as Three Horses. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So we're here with Jackson Washburn, the most controversial man to ever exist in the western part of the United States. Before Johnny Appleseed. After John, sorry, after Johnny He was in the west? Wasn't he in the east? Didn't he travel? He traveled. Did he make it this far? Very controversial. See? Look how controversial. I'm not I just, as I just, controversial. Was he real? <laughs> Actually, I don't even know. Are we talking about Paul Bunyan and his blue ox next? Like, what are we, what's... Paul Bunyan was real. Now. You know what is real? Israel. So, today, we, we were going to talk about... Mm, well, I guess we only have one true millennial here. I'm the only true millennial since I was born in 95. But... Gen X! <laughs> we, we have, like, an interesting thing, because this show is hosted by young people. Yes. We're young people. We, we love the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want everyone, basically, we want, like, everyone to join. Right, right. But then we also, most, I would say most of my friends are not religious, right? Mm-hmm. Or they 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 might believe in God, or they're just spiritual. Yeah. But they don't. They're not an actively certainly not an orthodox religion like like well, mine. Very but. much like I know. Growing up, a lot of my friends recognize the exist existence of a greater power. Mm-hmm. You know, but none of them would say that they belong to a religion. Right, or at least like an organized religion mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And so we are kind of in an interesting crossroad because well, we're very it's it's very old school. Yeah, in there, right? Because there's a lot of spiritualism going on right now. Yeah, people are like, I just believe in the idea of spiritualism. I don't know. Yeah, like, like a, well, no, no, no. It, it's very like it's in vogue to say I'm spiritual but not religious, right? There yeah. we go. That's, and that's and then create yeah. like a dichotomy between the two. Yeah, you know? it's well, I think that's also spiritual but not religious is a. It's so funny because I feel like it, it. It works with young people so well. It's like you want you got your thing. But it just works so perfectly for you, and you don't have to change yourself we, at all, really. We love that. We love being special. We yeah. love being us. You know, like, I am me. The, Everyone loves it. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, like, just look at all the Disney movies coming out. You know, like, just let it go and just be yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, Well, just basically, I like the real. good feelings of religion. Just, I don't like the commitment as much. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Our people, generation. People love, like, feeling the Holy Spirit. That. But then they're like, you mean I can't have sex? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go take a smoke some weed in the park with the kids over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? the, moment, the moment they hear that that's a, okay, bad, mm-hmm. how dare you tell me what's wrong? Right. Yeah, and what's right. right? How dare you tell me how to live my life? Which mm-hmm. is interesting because if there was a God, um, if there's a God, the only reason to worship him, right, would be if he has a vested interest in the world. Hmm. If he's a hands off God who doesn't command anything, doesn't have any rules, then why are you worshiping him? He well, just created it, and that's is, that, you know? Jeffrey R. Holland has said that a god that doesn't give commandments is the functional equivalent of a god that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's 100% that's true. That's so true. Um, and so what we're trying to say is, yeah, like, there's this weird thing going on in our generation where we don't want to be committed, we don't want to take directions from anybody. But if you do follow commandments and you do follow a structure and you're faithful to them, like... You're st- you can still you're still a good millennial, you know. Yeah. You're still true to yourself. Yeah. You know, just because you're following that doesn't mean that you've lost yourself. And mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. no, I, I think I say I personally becoming LDS has made me so much better. I I'm not saying like oh it was terrible before. I'm not saying right. that. Right. I was I liked myself before, but you didn't know Quaku before you knew Quaku. 
Oh, oh. Some scary stuff. Any, anyone from <laughs> high school who watches the show is like, boy, do I have stories of that guy, let me tell you. Um, but I've be- I-, I think becoming LDS has made me aware of, um, like, of, of empathy within myself more. Yeah. Hmm. Becoming more Christ-like and following Christ has helped me understand human beings better mm-hmm. and have a love for them better, but also helped me understand what it really means to exist. Because if, you, if, you're, if your life is just to eat, sleep, drink, party, um, go to school, mm-hmm. and have like some human relationships, that's actually just not enough. You need to... You need to have a purpose. You need to have a purpose. A purpose. Like a purpose purpose. Um, Why are you here? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like the classic plan of salvation. You right. Know? What are you doing? And, and if there is a God, if there is a God, that is the most important thing in life. Really think about that. So a few years ago, President Nelson, um, before he was president of the church, he was just president of the Quorum of the Twelve, he had this amazing YSA devotional called Becoming True Millennials. And he said this, A true millennial is a man or woman whom God trusted enough to send to earth during the most compelling dispensation in the history of this world. Boom, boom, boom. A true millennial is a man or woman who lives now to help prepare the people of this world for the second coming of Jesus Christ and his millennial reign. Make no mistake about it. You were born to be a true millennial. Mm-hmm. So the world is often like, you know, millennials, back in my day, we used to hold the door open for ladies, but you, you're always on your phones, you're always on your apps, you don't get... The people come up with all these ridiculous reasons. Oh, you ate Tide Pods. You know they're good. Cars? So, okay. I've heard of them. Hey, all these salt somewhere, somewhere inside. Fine. That's just dumb. <laughs> Put salt in the Tide Pods. <laughs> Everyone knows you use lemon juice. My gosh. I do. Sorry. Don't eat Tide Pods. Kinds of time. But like... People are always just bashing on us, saying, like, yeah, you know, millennials are dumb. And then it also makes millennials feel kind of helpless because we're all racked in student debt, and there's just so well, much stress, and, and our and, friends are, like, in war. Anxiety and depression, oh and the way God. we were raised. But it's just, like, we have so much on our plate. On our plate. Ton. And we don't need another person telling us that we suck. Yeah, you know, we, we do that to our now. We, we tell ourselves yeah. enough every day. You know? Oh my gosh, the sense of humor, like millennial sense of humor, <laughs> is so self so dark, very dark, and, sar- and sarcastic, and it's so wonderful that I love that the phrase "true millennial" because Satan cannot create anything. Yeah, he's incapable of doing so. He he gave that up when he decided to rebel against the Savior. But what he can do is convince people who have agency, us, mm-hmm. to use our agency poorly. And so he takes this concept of the true millennial, mm-hmm. the, 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 the chosen of God who are here to prepare the second coming, and he tries to convince people to, to see that in the wrong way, to, to use their agency poorly, to, he, so to, to create the negative idea of a millennial. Right. Yeah. And so our job is to, to, to shut that out and be like, no, I'm proud to be millennial. I'm proud mm-hmm. to have been born when I was born, to grow yeah. up in this time, and to have these opportunities. Because, I mean, the internet... Is the most amazing gospel tool. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's so cool. Our phones, knowledge, can do, resources, it's all there. Exactly, mm-hmm. and the ability we have to learn and to share. No one else has had that opportunity. Yeah. Oh, in such a sad way. My first big memory of like my first memory of something that happened socially was nine eleven. Mm. Mm. The first oh, big memory of the world I have of like learning what's the world like is nine eleven. See, I don't even remember that. Wow. Yeah. yeah I mean, really absolutely horrible. I mean, I right. lived in Rockville, Maryland at the time, right? Wow. So it, it wasn't, close. like, too far away, right? right. No, that's and, really like, close. all the schools were locked down and everything. 
that was like, hey, welcome to life, you know, (laughs) really, really sad. Um, How many, I've had friends who have gone to serve and have, who are no longer with us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, these are really sad, hard things. And so many of my friends are depressed. So many of them are on on medication, um, having to deal with with that with a lot of people. Oh, my gosh. um, uh, So many of my friends who are girls have been raped. Um, Just all these things, it feels like we are the generation that is dealing with the problems that were put off and ignored by the generations before us. That's what it feels like. And and I think it's because Satan knows Mm -hmm. that we've got a huge work to do. We have so much work to do. And so he's given it everything he's got. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard. Mm -hmm. But if you have the gospel of Jesus Christ on your side... Then you're going to be okay. You're, yeah. you're going to know what your purpose is. Um, this goes into having the spirit with you. This goes into um, knowing your role um, within your patriarchal blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, we we as Latter Day Saints are so lucky that we are guided the way we well, are. Yeah. Ja- Jackson, what have you done to stay grounded as a millennial Mormon? Yes. So, like personally, um, you know, my life uh, coming from like uh, mixed faith background where, you know, I have one parent that's Mormon and one parent that's not. Um, You know, I had, throughout my teenage years, I had many different opportunities to where if I didn't want to, I could have left the church. Uh, Even now, you know, I I don't face a lot of the same social pressure that maybe, you know, some other people might, you know, in in, in certain geographic regions, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, (coughs) (laughs) Right. So, um, yeah, that being said... um, you know, and then I also study religions. I also uh, I, I get around a lot and understand, um, you know, different controversies or criticisms of the church. You know, so I'm not playing off of ignorance here or anything like that. Something I've done to stay grounded is just trusting in the process because there were days where I definitely didn't feel like I had a solid foundation underneath me. There were days where I didn't know what I thought about Joseph Smith or about the Restoration. I didn't know what I felt about the Book of Mormon, you know, what my opinion of it was. Sometimes, you know, it got a little negative. Sometimes it was positive. Um, But, you know, from an early age, I felt like I needed to establish a foundation for myself. You know, I couldn't just stand on the testimonies of others, Mm -hmm. you know, my church leaders, um, my my friends, uh, different family members. I couldn't just uh, feed off of everyone else's belief. I had to establish that for myself, right? And uh, we we have a a similar example uh, with Joseph Smith and and the process that he went through in wanting to know which of all the churches was right, what God's path in life for him was, and and just where he was to go. And uh, so the way that I was able to, you know, kind of find that foundation, I didn't have any grand theophany or, you know, um, spiritual miracle or anything like that. You know, I didn't, I wasn't visited by deity or an angel or anything like that. Um, I had to wrestle and fight for my testimony over many, many years. Um, and one thing that made that manageable and bearable uh, was, one, trusting in the process, and two, taking it step by step, line, up by, line upon line, just bit by bit. Um, yeah. You know, if there was a question I had, I would research it, try and find an answer. There you go. There's a little bit of a foundation. Mm-hmm. I would do that day by day by day. And so now I look back on that process very difficult, very stressful, and uh, um, you know there was days where I didn't, I didn't feel like I would ever see that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but uh, eventually it did come, and uh, now I'm very proud and confident, and 
um, glad that uh, I've gone through that experience and that God has led me through that um, because, you know, I, I not only have a testimony of the church, but uh, it's a sure one. It's, it's one that's it's rooted in uh, my own experience in building that testimony and finding it for myself, right? Yeah. And uh, so for anyone out there that uh, is at different parts uh, or places in their belief or testimony, you know, my advice to you is just keep at it, keep going, you know, persevere, uh, trust in the process, trust that God uh, will, you know, answer your prayers, you know, answer your questions. And I'm confident and I trust in God that uh, if you do that and uh, you continue to uh, walk the path that he sets before you, uh, that you'll end up in, in the right place. Because we are Mormons mm-hmm. um, and we're young people, are we um, prejudiced or bigoted at all because of our beliefs? Because this is actually, when I lived in San Francisco, I talked, I met so many people who were like, I didn't like Mormons before I met you because I thought you guys were just a bunch of bigots. And I was like, mm. I like, I like, oh, no, I, like I thought, yeah, you know, and it was like, they, I didn't think that anymore. He Prove just, them wrong. Everyone. We just thought, yeah. like, Prove them wrong. because we're Mormons, that means we're, we must be like uh, homophobic and hate women and things like that. And I, so I would, always, I would always be like, all right, do you, do you, th- like who gets, who gets a really big rep for that? He goes, Mormons do like who else? Evangelicals and who else? Muslims. And I said, okay, mm. if I was Muslim, would you say the same thing to me? He's like, oh, of course not. That'd be bigoted. I was like, <laughs> well, wait, it's like so. It's very uh, true. I tell you something. Right. Um, I think because uh, because we're LDS, there there is this kind of facade around us that there's a it, stigma. There's a stigma that yeah. Mormons are right. bigots, and and I think that's people are thinking less so, especially because our generation is mm-hmm. more accepting. Yeah, I, people very are much so. less I, like that. I think the but. different like because we keep commandments and we're very strict. With, yeah. with commandments, mm-hmm. you know, like we... We emphasize obedience. We emphasize obedience a lot. I think people confuse that for ignorance. Like, like don't like people who don't exactly. keep our Ignorance or judgment or, yeah. you know, kind of like a holier-than-thou attitude, which yeah. people have, you know, there's plenty exactly. of people who have and, that. And, and it does you know, happen. Very annoying. As a Mormon, <laughs> I get annoyed by that. No, no, no one makes Mormons angrier than other Mormons. <laughs> that's true. That's a oh, that's, so when I came to... BYU. I, I so I grew up thinking that caffeine was against the word of wisdom, mm-hmm. oh, wow. which it's not. <laughs> but so I just did. So I just didn't drink caffeine growing up. Not a yeah. huge deal, but it was just a personal choice. So then the prophet's like, "Hey, like that's not a thing. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you can drink caffeine if you want." And I was like, "Oh." And so so then it came to like, "Oh, it's not about religion. It's just personal choice." And I made a personal decision. I just still don't want to drink caffeine. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm on a drive and I need some extra energy or whatever, right, like, sure right. I will. But I'm like, I don't want to make it a daily thing. Personal decision. Had yeah. nothing to do with religion. <laughs> yeah. You know, I show up, my roommate's like, hey, you want some, like, Coke? And I'm like, ah, no, I'm good. And he's like, do you not drink caffeine? I'm like, no. You think you're better than me, don't you? And I'm like, <laughs> no. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why? But we're just so quick to, like, yeah. if you live differently than me, you think you're better. I think part of that, too, is just, uh, you know, as we all, all of us, inside and outside the church, choose to live differently than one another, um, an important element in making that okay, you know, and making that not a negative thing is just uh, asking ourselves, well, who are we inviting to the table, you know, mm-hmm. to break bread mm-hmm. with us, you know, yeah. in this process? Who are we willing to uh, have uh, connections and relationships with? Who are we because to be, yeah. because yeah. if you're letting your personal beliefs get in the way of loving someone, I don't think your that, beliefs are coming from the right place. Did the Savior, the Savior 
loved everyone, even the people yeah. who spat and slapped him in the face. Right. Yeah. You know, he died for everyone. So I mean, he really loved them. He exactly. loved the people he that hated them, right? And I, it's to me, it's when people are like, like, yeah, just love others who are different. For me, it's like, okay, yeah, duh. But like, will you go be friends with them? For mm-hmm. me, it's like take it further and have like a human relationship. Right. And to mm-hmm. me, that's. That's what's important. And, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I personally, you know, I draw lines. You know, obviously, if I have friends who live differently than me and they're doing something, like, I don't smoke. And if yeah, my right, friends, right, like, right. smoke in front of me, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to leave. And that's Just because I don't want to. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing against you. It's not me judging you. It's just I, that's not something I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And I think we need to be careful. Like, if someone doesn't agree with something we're doing, we need to stop being offended by that. Okay. Oh, no, no. first. Um, so uh, kind of a personal point on that. Like I said, I have members of my close family, you know, that are either uh, part of the church or have left the church or aren't part of the church, right? And so we're all in different places, right? A lot right. of us live differently, um, you know, all in the same household. Uh, and so, like, take Sundays, for example. You know, when I am at right. my mom's house and for uh, family dinner, we want to go swimming at the pool, we want to go out to eat, we want to do something like that, you know, as a family. Because they're not members of the church, you know, they are obviously living in in different ways than myself. And uh, in this instance of kind of Sabbath day observance for myself, I think it would have a greater negative effect for me to close myself off from my family, you know, and say, hey, um, you guys can go ahead, I'm going to just go shun you and go to my room all day, (laughs) you know, because like, we're swimming or something like that, you know. Right. In in this case, you know, the spirit of the law outweighs the letter of the law, right? right. And uh, so I'm able to still practice my faith in a way I'm comfortable with, in a way that I know that God understands, right? Um, but not at the extent of ruining my family relationships. Right. So the other thing with millennial is that Mormonism's cool. Mormonism cool. is objectively really cool. My friend who Look is at this guy. It's a fact. No, my friend who is, he's not LDS, but uh, he was talk, I was talking about Joseph Smith, and I was like, uh, like the story, first, the story of Joseph Smith is just fascinating, right? It's just a, it's an objectively really cool historical story. But I got to the part how he died about how, you know, he was killed by the mob, and it was basically, it was kind of a shootout, because he shot mm-hmm. back once or twice. Yeah. He was like, he he's like the founder of your church died in a shootout? He goes, that's so cool. I was like, yeah, it's cool. I was like, no, that is freaking cool like really mormonism is. is cool and then they got up and left and went to the other side of the country like that's cool things like joseph smith the story of joseph smith is cool mm-hmm. the book of mormon is cool Very i mean cool. also the so book of mormon talking cool. about it's government. gold it's so gold it's also the perfect it's the perfect <laughs> uh, he got it what it's straight gold <laughs> The Book of Mormon is woke American Fork. It is woke, woke. AF American Fork, okay? <laughs> it is so... so it, it, whatever, I like woke. Book of Mormon is the most woke scripture there is. Um, and it is perfect for us. Heavenly Mother is cool. Um, the temple uh, is awesome. The temple, temple is cool. Is really uh, theology cool. about space is cool. Becoming like God is cool. Mormonism is really, really cool. So... Cool Don't listen school. to what people are saying. South Park got it wrong. Like, it is a cool <laughs> religion, and it is the perfect religion for millennials. Take it away. So, I just want to invite all the millennials listening. Uh, or Gen Xers. Or Gen Xers. Yeah. Anyways, um, I just want to invite all of you to, uh, moving forward, try the best you can to be true millennials. And by that, I mean be authentic to your faith. Love others unconditionally. Um, and uh, be bold in standing by the things that you believe in. Um, trust in God that uh, he will uh, direct your paths and uh, allow you to 
make the right decisions so that you can end up in the right place. And, uh, you know, if you do these things and uh, you stay true and faithful to your covenants um, and, uh, you know, desire to be a meaningful part of this faith community, this really cool faith community we have uh, as members of the church, um, then uh, I, I promise you will get a kick out of it because I can sure tell you I am. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, so it's fun. It's a so blast. True. And, uh, you know, I, I love uh, being a Mormon myself. Hey, me too. Me too. Yeah, I love it. Well, that, all you have to do now is subscribe to our channel. Click the notification bell to be notified when our videos come up. Share it on everything. 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 If there's a social media platform, share it. Yes. And comment. Let us know. I really would be interested in comments of the struggles you've had being millennial. What, what's your experience as a millennial yeah. Mormon? Let yeah. us know. Stories. What's your experience as a millennial who wants to become a Mormon? Uh, We're interested in that, too. <laughs> so, anyway, Jackson, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, My pleasure. Course. Thank you, guys. Ah, he sang. He did it. See, he said, oh, you're not going to eat music out of me. Well, guess what? You got it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, we did. You, guys. you nailed it, though. Oh, that's the last time I'm on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not true. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.